Welcome to Basketball Buzz, a show that combines three great things, Kentucky basketball, college basketball, and bourbon. I'm one of your three hosts, Arizona Terry. With me are Shay and Michael. Folks, tonight we're going to cover a lot of different things. Obviously, Lucas headed to Duke. We're going to talk about the roster, talk a little bit about Oscar coming back, and a lot of transfer portal discussion, and we're going to cover a lot of other stuff as well. Guys, how's that sound? Sounds great. Fantastic. Let's do it. All right. But you know what we got to do first? We got to talk about what we're drinking. Yep. Because we've had a three-week hiatus, and we didn't have any alcohol for three weeks, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely uh, true. <laughs> Michael, uh, Michael, that's true, right? No comment. Well, well, I mean, um, there's a reason why I'm on a diet now. So there's, there's that. Oh, boy. That's fine. As long as it's not a bourbon diet. Uh, no, uh, you know, bourbon is, is among the uh, least offensive things that I put in my body. Uh, but let me tell you, while, while I was out on vacation, um, I, I ate and drank everything that I saw, and I'm paying the price for it now. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's a vacation. True, true. Do you want to share what you're having tonight first? Sure. So um, I, I haven't actually had uh, a drink in the last few days, so I, I went back to Maker's Mark 46. It, it's my happy place. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about it. But instead of reviewing Maker's 46, because – I think we've probably already done that. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Johnny Walker Black Label. And the reason I want to talk about Johnny Walker Black Label is not because it's my favorite whiskey, because it, it actually isn't. What I love about Makers is every state that I've, I've been in, I can get a Makers Mark. Um, when you travel overseas, when you're out of the country, uh, Makers is still prevalent, but it's not in every area. And unfortunately, that was what I discovered uh, when I went to uh, Panama. So Panama, uh, not a big fan of Maker's Mark. So I had to settle for Johnny Walker Black Label. And I, I do mean settle. I'm sure it's, it's some people's cup of tea. It actually isn't really mine. Um, what I had, though, was uh, the 12-year Black Label. It's a blend. It's a blend of somewhere between 30 to 40 different whiskeys. Um, there's single malt and grain, and it's actually from Scotland, so it is officially scotch. I, I think we've talked on this sh uh, show before about how um, it, it doesn't have to be from Kentucky to be a bourbon, but it does have to be from Scotland to be a scotch. So uh, I, I had a few of those while I was out. Um, interestingly, and this is a very old company, uh, it was originally called Walker's Old Highland Whiskey was created back in 1820. I think that may have been uh, Perry Ellis's freshman year at Kansas. Um, became Johnny Walker in 1909. Uh, the smell is quite fruity. There's a, a little vanilla. I didn't mind that. Uh, the taste is much more fruit and spice. Uh, not, not a big fan there. It does have a pretty warm, smoky finish. Uh, that, that was pretty good. Um, it's 80 proof, so it's really easy to sip on. Uh, that part I, I did like. Um, but it's, it's really one of the few items from the whiskey family that I'm not a big fan of. It does have a very distinctive flavor. Uh, I'll say this, if drinking Jack Daniels is like rooting for Tennessee, 
I think maybe drinking Johnny Walker is like rooting for Duke. I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's, you know, I haven't had that in years. There's probably a reason for that, right? Yeah, thank you for bringing we found back those better. memories. Yeah. That's but, but that's that, that's what was available in Panama. Uh, when we went over to Aruba, um, we did have makers, and we also had a lot of bullet. I was really surprised to find my favorite. Bullet. Yeah, right. Uh, well, apparently, it's a lot of people's favorites when they go down to Aruba. We found that in virtually every bar that we were in, and I was shocked. Um, uh, surprisingly, um, it, it was very tasty. Uh, I probably had more bullet than makers while we were in Aruba and uh, a, a good time was had by all. I'll say that. <laughs> Bullets pretty solid. It's great for old fashions too. All right. I'm going to talk about what I'm having and I'm having Kentucky Al confiscated. So if you want to spend some money, this is the way to go. It's about 125 to 150 buck bottle of bourbon. Damn. You know, I, I buy this stuff occasionally, stuff like this, but um, I never had this. And what's weird about it, they don't give you a lot of details. Like, they don't give you the mash bill. You don't, you know, you don't know where it's distilled. There's a lot of, like, secrecy surrounding this bourbon. Uh, you can tell when you drink it, it's an older bourbon. It's, it's not a four-year. It's, it's very good. It's solid. I mean, the way it, you know, you I, I pick up a lot of different flavors in here. Anything from like banana nut bread, graham crackers, little spiciness, has a little bit of heat on the finish. I think it's really good. Is it worth 125 to $150? Yeah, it's questionable. I wish they would price it around like 80 to 100 If it was like that, oh, I would get this all the time. So, but... I, I like I like the label. I wish people could see the label. We're obviously on a podcast, but I love the back sticker. There's a little story about confiscators. So I'm going to read it. In 1916, just prior to prohibition, the entire Kentucky Owl inventory was seized by the federal government, never to be seen again. Confiscated Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey is a tribute to the vanished barrels of bourbon and to opportunities lost sad because the government once again fucks over everybody and takes the bourbon and you know they took it somewhere and they drank it am <laughs> i right I, if they poured that out that would be the crime i they hope took it somewhere and michael drank it <laughs> <laughs> they should probably Jay, take it to panama saying, are you saying i'm that old Jay? <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> the label has like a distillery and there's flames burning like they set it on fire and then there's these barges on a river full of bourbon barrels being pulled down the river away. I was like, wow, that's kind of deep. I never really thought much about it. But then I'm like, there's, some, there's a story behind this. It's good. It's good bourbon. Cool. I recommend it. I mean, if you happen to be at Total Wine or somewhere and there was a sale, grab it. All right. So I guess I'm up. And uh, I am also drinking Kentucky Owl, but uh, in this case, it is their St. Patrick's uh, Straight Bourbon Whiskey St. Patrick's Edition. Uh, so a lot of the things that, that Terry said can really apply to this, this bourbon as well. It has a very attractive green label, uh, really catches your eye. Um, around the same price point, I think, if you were to buy it at online or buy it at, at, a, at a, a liquor store. But I, I did buy this one at, at Costco, and it was 
think about $65. So it was on the higher end, but, but nothing crazy. Um, it is a blend of a four to eight year old uh, Kentucky straight bourbons. It's uh, 100 proof uh, and has a very interesting note. Um, not lo- like very many other bourbons that I've had. And it's not everyone's cup of tea, but um, I think it's worth, worth to try if you are looking to spend around 60, if you see it at Costco or you see it on sale. Um, the, on the nose, it has very pungent vanilla and tobacco notes. There's also a, a slight faint, almost like an acetone smell um, from the alcohol. So it's just, it's just there in the background. And so that can sometimes turn people off. Uh, on the palate, however, it's very heavy in the vanilla, which, which is something I really liked, um, nice. but others may not like that as much. Um, a little bit smooth and oily, some, some notes of almond, honey, uh, orange. Um, and it really, really is a great sipping bourbon. It's, I prefer it to drink it neat. I, it's definitely something better neat than on ice. Uh, probably wouldn't recommend it in cocktails. Uh, but again, very interesting and different bourbon than what I've tried. Um, I'm genu- I genuinely don't regret buying it. Um, I just want to note that it may not be everybody's cup of tea. So if you're looking for something a little bit experimental, um, might be something to go for. Um, and I know it's a limited edition, so you might need to wait back until next March. So, Is that right? Yep. So I haven't shopped at Costco in a while. We used to have a membership. When you go to Costco, do they have a decent bourbon selection? Uh, depends on the Costco. Okay. And I think uh, you may not need, I don't know about what the state laws are, but I know I've heard in the state of California to buy liquor at Costco does not require a Costco membership. They're supposed to be able to let you in to purchase it. Um, Interesting. I, I've heard that before. So don't, don't oh. quote me on that. Um, but there are certain Costco's in the area. They'll vary. All, pro, all Costco's will vary in product depending on, on their region. Um, but, you know, my Costco, there's a one that I drive a little bit further to because my Costco locally doesn't have the best selection, but the one a little bit further away has a, has a somewhat diverse bourbon selection and, and they rotate. So they always have new things for try a lot of even small batch distilleries they'll have as well. So um, it really depends. I would visit different Costco's to see what you can find. I think Guys, that's I, it. Go ahead. I had no idea that Costco even did alcohol. I, I literally have a Costco probably within walking distance of my house. It may be like a half mile away and we go there occasionally, but I had no idea that they had alcohol, let alone bourbon. Uh, maybe I, I know there are state regulations. I don't know if Colorado has like state sanctioned liquor stores like New Jersey um, or, you know, I know like, you know, there's certain laws at certain like Kentucky won't sell alcohol on Sundays and et cetera, et cetera. But in California, it's like free for free for all. <laughs> I think Colorado's like that, too. I mean, years ago in Colorado, you couldn't buy booze on Sunday, which was everybody's scrambling on Saturday to buy booze yeah. for the Broncos game on Sunday. It was yeah. kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and we always needed it on Sunday. So th- there was that. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's awesome. And $65 price point is actually kind of a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of great bourbons in that 50 to 65 range. And I, I'm going to try that one. And I'm actually going to try to go to the Costco near me soon and uh, check it out, see if I can get some good deals. All right, we've, we did our bourbon. Uh, we're enjoying our bourbon. We should probably talk about basketball because this is about sipping bourbon and talking about basketball here. Um, you know what, Shay, why don't you talk about Lucas? He's headed to Duke. Obviously, there's a portion of the fan base that looks at this as being this, this terrible thing and obviously losing a, a staff member of, of his quality because he's a quality uh, assistant, great <clears throat> recruiter. 
give Absolutely. us some give us some take on uh, on this move. So I, I've had time to calm down about this. Uh, so my take <laughs> is a little bit different than than what we had in the morning. And and let's say that you know just about five hours to calm down. That's pretty good. Uh, so first of all, let's address the fact that a lot of people think that he was making a lateral move to a school. Um, that's not true. So if you look at Duke's uh, head coach and their assistant coaches, uh, Jai Lucas probably ends up being the associate head coach there, a position that he would not have at UK with Antigua and Chin, who are, who are senior to him. He joins a very young staff who um, are like-minded individuals who are probably going to listen to him a little bit more in his suggestions, whereas Cal and Antigua kind of have this thing going already that that chin kind of fills it fills into because chin's been with antigua for a while so he went somewhere where he could kind of flex his muscles a little bit more get a little bit fly a little bit more um and so i don't blame him for for the for the move now keep in mind jai is one of the best young coaches in the nation he's gonna have a head coaching job sooner or later so if you put that into perspective you realize that having an associate head coach on a resume even for a couple years looks very good for his future prospects so if you think of them that way, the move really does make sense. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, it is a loss, but um, it is not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that we're washed. It doesn't mean that we won't get good players. Keep in mind, Kentucky got number one recruiting classes with Joel Justice and Tony Barbie on staff. So um, <laughs> well, we'll be okay. That, that's a miracle yeah. right there. Yeah. Can we so, just say that? Yeah. yeah. So Kentucky is going to be okay. I mean, we still got to put in effort. We still got to put in work, um, more work than we have. Um, I credit to the staff. They have been getting on guys a little bit earlier, um, but it is kind of a commentary on the fact that Jai didn't feel like he could really, you know, recruit the way that he want or be used to the full of his potential at Kentucky. Whereas a Duke having a very young progressive staff who, you know, he immediately becomes a second best staff member there where he probably isn't here at UK. Uh, that's something to note, you know, cause they have, uh, obviously Shire is a first year head coach. He was an amazing recruiter, probably one of the best in the nation. They'll have Jai, one of the best young recruiters in the nation. Um, they have Emil Jefferson, first year head coach, never been a head uh, assistant coach. I'm sorry. Never been an assistant coach before. And, and then they have Chris Carwell, who isn't known to be the best of really anything. He's a Duke alum. Mm -hmm. uh, so he immediately goes there and becomes one of the, one of the top options. Um, another thing to keep in mind, their 2023 class is pretty much done. So we were not really going to be going up against him for very many recruits. And he was the recruiting coordinator at Kentucky. So the way that the new staff has been doing recruiting, they've done it by committee uh, together. Um, and so the guys that we've really been on, uh, he hasn't really had a good gr a giant grasp over them. We'll still be able to recruit them. Um, and then the players that he's brought to Kentucky. I know there's been a lot of fanfare that he brought all the studs that we had. Yes, he did bring some. Uh, but there were some guys that were going to come to Kentucky regardless, like Shaden Sharp, that connection with you play Canada with uh, Cal was already established. Uh, uh, Chris Livingston, uh, he came because his aunt is a UK alum. Uh, he then went to Oak Hill, which is a big UK pipeline. And then lastly, I think the two guys that he's most known for, for were Cason Wallace and, and Damian Collins and Cason Wallace from all appearances looks to still be coming to Kentucky. And I also heard from a, a very good source that uh, Cason Wallace is very close with Tyrese Maxey and was going to come to Kentucky anyway. So, um, yeah, we're going to be okay. Yeah. I think Jack, <laughs> Jack Pilgrim, he immediately reached out to contacts and I think Kate, we're fine with Wallace. Yeah. Collins we're fine. We're fine. Cause they're coming to Kentucky. They're, they're, they're solid. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, okay. 
Got that out of the way. I wonder what Cal's next move is going to be to fill that that role. It, it, like a, what are your thoughts about it? Maybe a, a NBA guy, a G League guy, uh, any any hot recruiters right now out there that may potentially want to put Kentucky on the resume. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a name that's been floated is uh, Jarence Howard who is an assistant coach at Texas. He just moved okay. from Kansas to Texas. His name has been associated with a, a few of their recruiting violations, some of the sanctions that's going to come down with them. So it might not be a name that you want to touch, but he's an absolute sud recruiter. Um, would actually probably even be an upgrade from Jai. Has coveted in Kentucky assistant coach in position going all the way back to the Billy G era. So he's some guy I, he, I would consider. I would also consider a guy with a legit NBA experience, like a Jalen, uh, Jalen Howe, uh, sorry, yeah. Jalen Rose, uh, Rajon Rondo, perhaps some Mike Miller. Um, those Mike Miller's an absolute stud recruiter. There are a bunch of options. I mean, Jai Lucas, not the only recruiter in the nation. We still have Antigua, who is probably the best assistant recruiting coach of all time, <laughs> and uh, and Chin. So it's not all's not lost. Um, but I would like to see him do something where he doesn't hire one of his buddies like Bruiser into the role. I just hope that that doesn't happen because that's going to kind of signal that he might be on his way out. Because Cal does that. Yeah, because Cal does that. Cal's a loyal guy, but I, I think this is weird because usually a school has to make a splash when they announce a head coach. Now Kentucky's in a position, at least I feel like, of having to make a splash as an assistant coach. And that's, that's a little different. I, I'm going to read Cal's statement on this. Uh, Cal says, yesterday, Jai informed me that he was taking a promotion at another school. I asked where. And when he told me Duke, he expected me to be mad. I support what he thinks is best for his family. He's been loyal, terrific on the road, and great for our players. And I want what's best for him. So I'm good with it. I'm not surprised that there was interest in Jai because there's always interest in our staff. This year, all of our assistants have been approached about other opportunities. When you have great staff, that's what happens. So I, I actually, I, first of all, I, I love the statement. I think it was important for Cal to acknowledge this, and he did. But I was a little taken aback by Cal saying all of our assistants have been approached about other opportunities. Like, wow. It, it, Kentucky is a real deal when all of your assistants can be poached. This unfortunately happened, which I, I wish him the, the best of luck. Um, I, I think this probably was, at least in his opinion, what was best for his family. And you have to do what's right for yourself and what's right for your family. I'll miss him. I think I don't think we're going to miss a beat here if Cal can make that splash. And I think this is where Cal shines. I expect a big name. I expect somebody that's going to come in right away and do great things. And I'm hoping that um, that's exactly what happens. We don't miss Jai at all. But I'm thankful for what he was able to do at Kentucky. You know, pat the guy on the back, send him on his way, and hope that you could do better with the next name. You know, Jalen Rose, man, that would be a great hire. What kind Come of on, money? Man. What kind of money does ESPN throw at these guys? I heard ESPN does not pay nearly as well as we would think they pay. He's got to I mean, be getting multiple millions right now. Uh, well, he was let go from ESPN, if you remember. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was like something like eight million. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know if that's exactly like the goal for a guy like that to come in and be an assistant coach. I think it's kind of like a uh, a foot in the door for a yeah. future head coaching gig or an NBA head coaching gig if he wants it. 
Um, but yeah, we won't, it's more of an optic optically bad situation than it is going to affect us on court recruiting. And I'm, I'm not a sunshine pumper. You guys know that. Um, I'm trying to be reason level-headed. He is one of the best young recruiting assistant coaches in the nation, mm-hmm. but Dukes doesn't need any more help recruiting next year. <laughs> yeah. They already this have is, their, yeah. This he, is he, might, he might be there one year and then boom, he's yeah, at yeah. an HC job. You see yeah. you know, UNC one and Charlotte done or whatever. Are, are yeah. you saying he's going to be a one and done? I hope so. In two, I, I think two or three years, he's going to have a head coaching gig. No doubt. And Shay yeah, guys, th- th- this stings. The reason why it stings is because of it, it's Duke. If it was Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, possibly UCLA or Indiana. I probably wouldn't have gone to Indiana. Like there's a handful of schools where this is going to sting. Going to Duke is, is, is the worst. If you're a Kentucky fan, it's the worst. But if you take the name Duke out of the equation, like I think we're going to be okay. There's that natural reaction and perhaps an overreaction because of where he went. But if we factor that out, I, I don't think it's really that big a deal. And, and notice Cal said promotion. That was a very key word because it was a promotion because this wasn't money motivated. He was trying to tell people like he wasn't outbid. I think Kentucky plays their assistance more than anyone else in the nation. He was paid, I think, upwards of 300K a year, more than many head coaches yeah. at other schools are making. Um, it was a chance to put on his resume that he's got Kentucky. He's got Duke as an associate head coach. And eventually he'll be a head coach. Yeah. And I wouldn't surprise for, for him to be in our pipeline down the road, become the Kentucky head coach, maybe in 20 years, or I don't know how long down the road that might be. It's not out of the realm of possibility. He has great bloodlines. He comes from, from John Lucas, who's a, who's a heavyweight in the basketball program. Uh, the one thing is that, you know, he was our pi- Texas pipeline, but Kentucky's yeah. got guys from Texas before. That, We've that's owned it, that, that state te- before. Texas <laughs> pipeline was what yeah. concerned me. Yeah. when that happened like right there so but we've we've owned texas at, at times so we got julius randall we got the harrison twins some of the best players out of texas uh over the last 10 years have all come through come through kentucky so it's not pj washington's another guy that's from the dallas area so i mean and and, and, and you know what go ahead michael i was gonna say and i think fans need to appreciate that this was not a money grab because I, I i know some people that that would be very off-putting but that's not what this was. It, it, and it wasn't – the thing that point is making, it, it wasn't a lateral move. He didn't leave because he hated it so much. I mean, he, he probably should have been able to work to his potential better. But it wasn't a situation where he was just making a lateral move to make a move. It was actually a promotion that was not possible for him at Kentucky simply because we're not going to get rid of Antigua and Chin Coleman to promote a younger coach, especially Antigua. Antigua's been around. Antigua has been a head coach. Antigua is one of the best assistant coaches in the nation, if not the best assistant coach in the nation. Um, he owns that New, Jer- New York, New Jersey area. He needs to start doing it. But, I mean, he's only been at Kentucky for, I don't know, not even a year yet. So um, he's got some time to make inroads, and I think you're going to really see it uh, in, in, in the DJ Wagner class, who I still feel very confident about him being a cat. Yeah, I mean, we had people for years complaining – Bring Coach O back. Bring Coach O back. So Cal yeah. goes, brings him and Chen. Obviously, Jay, you know, uh, Jay's on the on the staff. I knew it was going to impact it eventually. I mean, I'm happy for him. It's going to be good for his career. And like you were saying, down the road, you never know how it works out. He might he might come back to the fold. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's another name I just thought of, Villanova's head assistant, Mike Nardi. That's another guy that I'd probably target. If, but we probably don't need any more help in, like, the, the, the Northeast. So okay. I, I think about it kind of geographically. Like, who can we get to cover a geographic area? We have Chin to get Chicago. We have Antigua for New York. He's all over that New York area. Cal owns, like, Philadelphia. Uh, Cal, you know, Duke and Kentucky own that North New England area. So I'm thinking okay. maybe out west. Maybe think another guy from Texas is like Jaren Howard. So um, there are some options. I'm, it's, I'm eager to see who they get, but I hope they get this done sooner than later. Yeah. Good discussion. Do we actually try to focus on, on LA? I mean, uh, Shay, you talked about uh, out West. I know uh, Kentucky's experience with getting kids on the West coast is kind of been a mixed bag. Um, we haven't had great success. And some of the kids we have had from the, the West uh, have left the program, but LA is such a hotbed. Uh, for for high school hoops is that an area that we even could be focusing on uh, given the fact that uh, kids may not want to come to come to Kentucky or come to the east coast so I have very strong opinions about this and um, it's not that you know Kentucky fans don't seem to like kids from out west they think they're uh, they always end up leaving it's a twofold thing first off is the style of play the style of play out in the west coast um, I played high school basketball out here. It's very different than when I was growing up in Kentucky. Uh, the emphasis is more on finesse basketball. It's more on shooting. Uh, it's more on the speed of the game. Um, kind of like how in Arizona plays. Everyone wants to play fast. Everyone wants to pa- pass the ball and shoot. Uh, nobody posts up. Um, it isn't as a physical type of basketball uh, as it is more of kind of European style of basketball almost. So that's one thing. So coming from the West Coast, like Devin Askew and immediately going into the SEC, which is probably the exact opposite. I mean, it's not all the way Big Ten, but it is a it is a or Big Twelve, but it is a very physical uh, uh, style of basketball. That's very difficult for a guy like yeah. Johnny Juzang, for a guy like uh, Devin Askew. And then the second thing it might even be the bigger portion. If you're from Los Angeles, and no knock on Kentucky because Kentucky I love, but it's very difficult to move from the West Coast to Lexington. It's a very different place. You're not climate, used to it. Climate, yeah. The climate, man, exactly. is the big so thing. It doesn't surprise me that West Coast kids don't want to stay in Kentucky. So I would suggest that the staff only target like West Coast one-and-done type kids. Does that I, make sense? It makes total sense because I've lived in the West for 25 years. I love Kentucky, but that climate, you know, that overcast or that rain, and, the, and they get real winters in Kentucky yeah. too. Yeah. Like and it, when you live out west, you're kind of used to a certain way of life. You're used to, especially Los Angeles, like you're used to a certain way. And, yeah. and, and this is like a giant polar opposite, and not in a good or bad way. It just is very different. It's very difficult as a as a teen to do that, or as like a young adult to do that. So I don't blame them. Like I know Johnny Juzang, it wasn't a situation where Kentucky didn't want him back. They knew he was good, but he was just homesick. He was really homesick, and I can imagine that you know moving in that direction. Sunshine and blue skies thing to a person exactly all right so let's talk about the roster oh yeah there's been so much movement going on so i'm just gonna go down a list here who we have and who's testing the waters who we're bringing in so obviously the biggest thing was oscar coming back which was what we expected but it took a while to get decided but having the national player of the year back for year two Hugely important. We're retaining Wheeler, which is a starting point guard. Anytime you have a starting point guard returning and you have who's your, the award finalist. Yeah. 
And, and yeah. Oscar's a, a great big. I mean, that's the cornerstone of most teams right there. Right? I agree. Um, uh, CJ, as long as CJ comes back healthy, that's the biggest issue. Um, I was thinking today about all the different injuries we've had. We had an injury from game one. Like when he, he, he got hurt during the Duke, the warmups during the Duke game, our whole season was kind of like just injuries. So if CJ comes back and he's fully healthy, he's a great shooter. Then Collins and Ware, you know, so, you know, guys, do you, you want to talk about the rest of them? I mean, you've got Toppin, Brooks and Sharp testing the NBA waters. We're bringing in Wallace Livingston. And I'm going to save the last dude for Shay to talk about with our top transfer guy or one transfer guy in so far. Uh, what's your thoughts about Antonio Reeves? Should we start with that or should Michael talk about Oscar and, and everybody that's coming back? Dude, let, let, let me tell you about Oscar. Okay. So um, let, let, let me paint a picture for you. Uh, I'm, I'm on vacation. I am literally on an island with 25 other people just north of Panama. It's the middle of the day. Fortunately, this island somehow has Wi-Fi. I d- don't even ask me how. I, I, I don't understand it, but there's Wi-Fi. I, I've got my phone, and I start getting messages from all kinds of places. And I try to blow it off because it's lunchtime for me. I've got the biggest whole fish and plate of fried plantains in front of me that I've ever eaten before, which is why I'm on a diet now. Um, and I look at my phone and it says, Oscar's coming back. I probably shouted the word yes at the top of my lungs. The people across the table from me were very startled to say the least. They have no idea what's going on. I try to explain. They have no idea what's going on. I look at my wife. She has no clue what's going on, nor does she even care. I'm the only person on an island that knows what's going on and actually gives a damn about this. And it, I, I'm, I'm looking around like, I don't know what to do. I want to talk to people. I have no idea what's going on. The person across from me is actually from England. And we strike up a conversation. And I let him know what's going on. And he's like, yeah, but I'm a soccer fan. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But let me tell you what. You're going to want to watch this guy. Oscar Sheepway is the real deal. You have to watch him in person. And, and guess what? You have an opportunity to do that at the O2 Arena in December against Michigan. You've got to get tickets. He's like, uh, okay, uh, I, I, you've talked me into it. So somewhere in London, England, there is at least potentially – another University of Kentucky basketball fan because Oscar Shibwe came back to UK. Let me tell you, it it made my day. The fact that I was uh, on an island in the middle of nowhere uh, should have been enough, but it wasn't. Oscar Shibwe coming back to Kentucky was the singular piece of news that made my day and my week. I I love it. This is huge news, guys. Did you happen to get the guy's cell phone number so he can crash at his flat? I I, I did. (laughs) I, I did. Yeah, I, I got all his deets. So, right, yeah, that's, that's, we're, we're, we're going to show up. Shay and I, we're on a budget, man. We got to, like, sleep on the floor at this guy's house. Come on. No, it, it, it's all good. Um, I, I think this is huge. I think this is huge from a consistency perspective. Like, you want guys on your roster that have been there before 
Um, when you have a chance to get guys on your roster that have been there before and have actually gotten quality minutes and produced, that's even better. But the idea of a national player of the year coming back to any school, let alone Kentucky, with our reputation of one and done is kind of unprecedented. And I, I think um, this has calmed my fears. I, I tend to kind of be a rah-rah guy, and I see the glasses always being half full. But um, prior to that, I was getting a little nervous as to what our roster was going to look like and where we were going to go. But knowing that we have that uh, Oscar as our bedrock uh, makes me feel like we're going to be okay. And I think we're putting, we're, we're slowly putting the pieces together around Oscar to build that talent level so that we don't have to worry about a St. Peter's again. For the, for the love of God, please don't let us have to worry about a St. Peter's again. I can't live through that again. So um, I have quite a few thoughts about the roster upcoming roster and a lot of them are really good but i'll, I'll start i'll leave oscar for the last part i'm going to start with uh with severe and, and uh cj so i know there's a lot of kentucky fans who aren't really excited about severe returning and i understand to an aspect but you really need to realize that he was one of the better point guards in the nation despite he's in uh you know whatever you may think about him he's improving as a shooter uh he w- led power five and assists two years in a row um i think what he needs to be work on more than anything is just being a more steady leader, uh, just being more confident in his game. At times last year, I think he got rocked a little bit with the injuries, with other players bullying him a bit on the op- opposing end. So as long as he works on that, he's one of the more talented guys in the nation. Um, I don't know any point guard that I would have rat- had in the transfer portal more than him. Uh, and on top of that, we also have Casey Wallace, who is by all means going to be one of the best second point guards in the nation. He's going to be a, a, a mid first round pick, if not a lotto pick next year. The kid is really good. I expect him to be better than Ty Ty and he's going to be healthy all season. So I'm very excited to have two, those two guys in the backcourt. Um, CJ Frederick, when he was healthy, was the best shooter in the nation. And keep in mind, CJ Frederick is a transfer, not from a mid-major school. He was a transfer from the Iowa Luca Garza team, which is one of the best, better teams in the nation. Um, he is... But I don't like to compare players before everything happens, but but I expect him to be better than Kellen Gray. Uh, he was producing at an extremely high level at Iowa, and I expect him to have a more seamless transition to the Kentucky team. So we should be very excited to get him back, especially yeah. off of our bench. I think he was averaging like 47% from three, if I remember yep. correctly. And, and he would probably would have been Iowa's leading scorer the next year, along with the, the McCaffrey's. Uh, he would have been absolutely one of the best players in the nation. He's a starter at another school. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if he ends up in the starting lineup at some point. On the season. You know, Shay, season, I, yeah. I think he will, yeah. Shay, just because of yeah. his steady hand, his experience, ability to shoot that three, yeah. stretch the floor. He's actually a better defender than people give him credit for. Yeah, yep. That's where I was going to go. So what, what's his defense like? Because I, I, want, I want lockdown defenders. We got Wallace. Livingston, when he's playing his A game and he's like dialed in, definitely because he's like six seven. He's big. He's strong. He could be a great defender. I mean, we we lacked a lot of that last year. We talked about it in other podcasts. I think we we add with that. 
And Sev- Severe Wheeler is an underrated defender too. He's very good at blowing yeah, up plays, getting steals. And uh, Oscar it was a finalist, I think, for, for the defensive player of the year. He's not a big shot blocker, but he's a decent shot blocker, but he still blows up plays through his quick feet and hands. So I expect us to be a better defensive team next year, especially adding Kaysen, who might be the best defensive guard in the nation next year. Um, and then uh, one of the other guys coming back, Jacob Toppin, who the only thing holding Jacob Toppin back was more minutes. I fully expect him to be the starter at power forward. I don't expect Keon Brooks back. And I think that's better for Jacob Toppin because the guy, the kid is a stud. Uh, he took, he played his role. He played limited minutes, not didn't complain once. Um, every time he was on the court, it felt like good things happened on the offensive end. Good things happened on the defensive end, both by him. I think he's going to be the best glue guy in the nation next year. All he needs to do is work on his jumper a little bit. Uh, if he works on his jumper, he's a stud defender. I'm super excited about him. I'm just if, really, I'm, I'm just really yeah, excited. Me, I am too. I'm a, I'm huge Brooks fan. I'm a Brooks fan, but I mean, top fan. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? Can I talk about Brooks for a second? Sure. Yeah. What kind of scenario would ever happen that Brooks would actually come back to Kentucky? Because I think most of us think his time here is is done. He's either, he's going to transfer somewhere else. He's probably not NBA ready. But what if he decided to come back and accepted a role that was less than he had last season? Because he averaged almost 11 points a game last year. It's better for him and for Kentucky if he goes elsewhere. And that's not a knock on him. It's more so that his being there takes minutes away from being forced to play to other guys just out of experience. And those other guys need those minutes to develop. Uh, And he needs more minutes somewhere else to develop. Like he needs to be maybe the focal point offensively uh, or somewhere where he needs to work on his post-up game um, or just be able to have more opportunities to make mistakes um, because it's not going to be at Kentucky. And I just think it's better for both parties if they move on. And, you know, we gave him a lot of time. He definitely improved in certain aspects, did improve in other, uh, other parts, but I'll always think of him as a Kentucky Wildcat. Me me too. I, I think his time here is done. I think he'll go somewhere else, but Never know. Cal's not going to like turn down somebody that's, you know, contributed here. Never know. All right. Let's go ahead. And then a couple more things, just talking about first Oscar and then, and then Shaden Sharp. So I think these things too, too are more related than people realize. Um, First of all, of course we, you know, you talk, Michael talked about it. Oscar's national player of the year. Anytime you get somebody like that to return, it's, it's a home run, but keep this in mind. And first, first of all, I, I don't, I don't think it's all written on the wall yet that Shaden Sharp's gone. There is still a chance he may return. The writing Stop isn't. Me. Stop the writing isn't me. on the wall. It's no, not it done is. yet. It is. It is. Shay's killing us. He's Come killing on, us, man. Because if we have Shaden Sharp, just go ahead and just get Dude. the banner ready. Yeah. But here, I, here's what I'm gonna say about Shaden Sharp. Okay. Firstly, it's a lot easier to replace the production of Shaden Sharp than it is to. Re- replace the production of Oscar Shibway. It is impossible to replace the production of Oscar Shibway via any freshman, via any transfer. There's nobody else going back many years that can do what Oscar Shibway does. And so by that, that, that fact only, we should be ecstatic, right? You sound like a sunshine pumper. I don't know. No, it's true though. It's true. <laughs> like that's how good Oscar Shibway is. Like that's it's like 17 points, 15 rebounds. Like that doesn't happen next year. He'll probably Crazy. have more points, more points and rebounds. Uh, nobody knew how to stop him. And the consistency, the consi- consistency by which he did it, 
It was ridiculous. <laughs> and, and he just beat he beat people's ass like McCormick yeah. at Kansas. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy your title, Kansas. But your big got owned. I, I kept thinking every game, like, okay, this team has the big man to stop Oscar. Nope, no, <laughs> he's None. a machine. Nobody stops Oscar. Yeah, exactly. And and then secondly, I'm going to say this about Shaden Sharp again. I said it's not a done deal that he's gone. I think those reports that he's draft eligible, they were very premature. My sources tell me that it happens much later in the process. I really think it was an agenda that was put out there by Gavoni, who really hates Cal for some reason. Um, he's I a, don't know. He is an asshole. Yeah. He's a total and, ass. But let me just say this. On the flip side of that, Shaden Sharp, extremely talented basketball player. Super excited we were able to land the number one player really far away from the shade and sharp peak that he's going to be. I think people are putting un- unfair pressure on the kid uh, thinking that he's going to come in and be some 20 point per game score. He might, he might also be like a 14 point per game, 12 point per game guy. He is still has not played basketball at the collegiate level. He yeah. still isn't an alpha dog mentality guy. He's not Malik Monk. He's not he's quiet. Fox. He's, he's very quiet. quiet. You know, he still needs to, he's going to have his freshman struggles to put every, all your in seasons hopes on him is not necessarily What's going to happen if you get a transfer that's already produced at a high level, you know, they might be better for the team who knows, but just to think that, Oh, all is gone. Cause Shaden, Shaden, even though he's a number one pick, it's potential. It's his potential. That is the number one pick. You know, Javoni, we'll be fine. Yeah. Javoni put yeah. it out video with Shaden going head to head with the G league guy. No, he like, wasn't a G league guy. He was, he was, <laughs> he was a guy that played at a very low, like Juco school. And it was it's like, like, oh, it's look like at him me dominating. being out there trying to yeah. jar. I mean, come on. I mean, it was like, oh, look at him being the number one pick thing. Like the guy, kid he was playing was um, no offense to the kid, but he was a scrub. He was a scrub from a very low level school, never played high major basketball in his whole life. Not was looking to get a spot in the G League. That's what the kid was doing. I wish I was Probably, good as him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are we so, all? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm in the D League, man. So it was 100 percent agenda, and it was so obvious right there that it was almost laughable. Like, yeah, he looked good. He looked good against nobody playing no defense. And then he was getting dominated by the other guy when he was playing. Oh, defense. no, they didn't show. Yeah, right. On Defensively. He I saw it. Yeah, I saw oh, it. He was in guard. Yeah. So it was like yeah, the point, the point being that Shaden Sharp, amazingly talented player, not the be all end all. People need to remember that freshmen are still freshmen. And can we talk ahead, about Michael. Dwayne Washington? Go ahead, Michael. We'll talk about Dwayne Washington afterwards. I, I was going to say, uh, let's assume that Shaden is gone. Yeah. As Terry is pointing to more Kentucky Owl. Let's assume he's gone. With what we know is coming back, what do you guys think is the ceiling for this team next year? It really uh, depends we, on that, la- that last guy. Are, are we a Final added. Four? Oh, we are. We're, we're one of the favorites. We're probably the favorite. No, so Vegas actually legit has us as an eight to one favorite. Vegas has us as an eight to one favorite every single year. I have a uh, a conference that I go to in Vegas every year. I walk into a casino every single year. I put a hundred bucks on Kentucky to win the championship every single year. I get eight to one odds every single year. There's nothing that's changed about that, but that's kind of cool. That's nothing's changed about that because the, the, if Vegas the, says eight to one that's not bad the team as is like as it is right now assuming yeah. everybody comes back like Toppins expect to come back Bruce yes. leaves we don't add anybody else including Antonio Reeves I think they're an elite eight team I, I think that's oh. what their their ceiling is but like I said that's the team right now 
they're expected to add one or two more guys. All whether right, that's sh- whether that's Shaden, uh, whether that's Shaden and a transfer, which I heard is not out of the realm of possibility. They add Shaden and a transfer. This is a Final Four team. I never say a team is better than a Final Four team because that's the best you can hope to get. And everything else after that is crapshoot. So yep. I agree. Final fours are your focus. You get there, yep. anything anything happens. If they get a Baylor Shireman, if they get uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, they're a Final Four team. Let's talk about Antonio Reeves because I'm kind of mm-hmm. chopping at the bit. Yep. 6-6 wing, Illinois State, led the Missouri Valley scoring over 20 points a game. Not just a shooter, actually has handles, can create his own shot. He signs with the Cats. I mean that. I mean, to me, you got you got CJ with a lot of drama Reeves. with some drama. <laughs> well, there's always nil drama nowadays. I guess nil drama is the drama. Exactly. Um, let, let, let me take oh, a crack at this first. Yeah, let me take right. a crack at this. So, because this is actually one of the few things that I've actually taken a look at and researched since I've been back. Um, here's what I like about this kid: eighty-two percent free throw line, and he gets to the free throw line not just a shooter not just a jump shooter the kid creates his own shot which at 6'6 you'd expect him to but I think that's a big deal at Kentucky create your own shot don't just stand there at the three-point line and wait for the ball and shoot that I love that Um, but I also love this Um, according to Ken Palm in the last five games and this, I think, was really true throughout the season. He played three positions. He played the one, the two, and the three. He'll give you 10% of the time at the one. He'll give you 20% of the time at the two. And he'll give you the rest of the three. I like the fact that he's able to play all three of those positions because I see depth here. I don't necessarily see somebody that's going to start, somebody that's going to score 20 points a game like he did at Illinois State. But I see depth and I see depth at multiple positions, and I like that. Love it. Yeah, I, I'm excited about him. This guy's shooting nearly 40% from three. You got him, you got CJ, and if we add a potential other transfer, I'm sure Shea is going to talk a little bit about as well, and I'm pretty high on. Yeah, let me Dude, talk we, first about – We uh, got our shooters. Yeah, yeah. we got. I got to talk first about Antonio Reeves. So, first of all, one thing I'm really excited about is he was a chin guy. He was a Mac Irvin fire player. Uh, that's an AU program that Chin used to coach way back in the day. Um, we finally got Chin to land us a dude. Um, we were in on a couple of other guys that uh, that Chin has a connection with, like Adam Miller, like um, like uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., who committed to Illinois today. You know, that was a big drama today where uh, he wanted to go to Michigan but couldn't get in. And it was actually uh, Texas Tech's coach's fault. Um, but that, that's neither here nor there. Um, he's, he's definitely a guy that Kentucky went out and targeted that they wanted for a particular reason. The reason was that he's a combo guard. He can play the one, two, and the three. Um, he's a guy that can shoot the ball well as a, as a, as a catch shooter. He's also a guy that can get his own shot uh, when he needs it. So he's a guy that reminds me of three different cats a little bit. Um, well, I'll say one future cat. He reminds me a little bit of, of Dewan Wagner Jr. He reminds me a bit of Emmanuel quickly. A little bit of Maxi and a little bit of Terrence Clark, mm. kind of like an amalgamation mm. of those four guys. Not saying like, he's as talented all the, as all those guys. That's but, pretty nice, though, yeah. man. Yeah. It, it is a guy that we were severely lacking last year. We didn't have a guy like this. We had uh, Ty Ty who could do that when healthy. Yeah. We had Severe who when could do healthy. that. 
when other guys were hitting threes. Yep. We didn't have a six foot six guy that yeah. can do it though. That's now that's we not- have a guy that can hit those threes because three point shooting usually translates. You three point shooting and rebound are the two things that usually translate. So we got a guy yeah. that can shoot the ball well on the wing, and we have a guy that can go get his own bucket and he makes tough shots. Makes very tough shots. I don't I'm already excited. Him. I'm already I excited. I don't expect him to come in and be a starter. I think if he comes in and he's he's our, our third guard, might be a little worried because he doesn't have that high major experience. If he's a guy that comes in and he's our sixth man or a seventh guy, I'm ecstatic because he is an incredibly talented guy. Um, kind of like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So Missouri Valley is pretty tough. Like it's, it's decent competition. Yeah. And, but and there's, I'm, there's a tra- transition period for sure. And I'm, I'm expecting that he's coming in to be that six, that six man guy. And if that's the case, I, I'm really happy because him with CJ Frederick together, I think that's a really good combo off the bench. Is he very a very good he combo? A Grady that actually can create his shot. Is he what, no, is that well, what we're looking at? So that was a big knock on Grady. If Grady's not shooting the ball. Yeah, he was hesitant to drive the ball, and I think a lot of that had to do with the uh athletic difference injury. between and injuries, too. injury and injury. Yeah, the but plantar fasciitis. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Antonio Reeves is a guy that's gonna shy away from shooting it. He let it fly on hard shots. Let it rip. <laughs> he let, let it, it fly. Rip. Yeah. Can we talk about a potential transfer guy now? Because yeah, Baylor Shireman, uh, South Dakota State University, Jackrabbits. Dude, I, I love watching this guy's highlights, dude. Like, I want to – this is who I wanted to be. It, it's like, like – I want to be Rex Chapman when I was a kid, but this is who I really want to be. It's a like – A six-foot-six white guy that can shoot it from 30 feet. <laughs> Wrap around passes. I mean, this guy's got it all, man. Freaking 47% from three. 16 points, nearly eight boards, four and a half assists a game. He's like a he's like everything. He's a great value, Luca. Oh, <laughs> just keep Kansas away from this guy. Ooh. That's what I call him. He's he's great value, Luca, meaning that he has a lot of the same characteristics as Luka mm. Doncic. But oh, he's I love obviously not Luka Doncic, yeah. and you just love watching him play. It's like a David Roddy. You love watching him play. You just keep wanting to oh. watch him play. Oh, where's Roddy? I appreciate that, Shay. Where's Roddy? Uh, I, in the draft. In the draft. Bye bye. You went bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. Well, but Baylor, man, we got to get this kid. What do we got to do? We to have get to. This kid? What do we well, sell? What do we sell to get this kid? The NIL. And um, I think I've been looking into this a lot. I've been reading about this a lot. Um, first of all, his agent, we all know, big UK fan. Dude, that uh, is the greatest thing ever. Uh, is I it? heard us. Yes. Let's told you guys ship him some bourbon yeah. right now. I Let's told you guys ship was... him some Kentucky Owl right <laughs> Kentucky now. Kentucky Owl. That's right. He was uh, he was looking for a specific NIL number, and uh, the thing is that Kentucky doesn't like we have an NIL collective, but we don't do NIL guarantees. I guess that's what Barnhart doesn't allow, but it doesn't matter because, like I was telling you guys, that NIL number he want wants Kentucky can double triple that easily, and I hope he knows that. Yeah. And uh, like, I love this kid. I actually, I was thinking about it. I've been discussing it with a couple of, couple of guys on Twitter. Like, would I rather have him or would I rather have a Patrick Baldwin Jr.? No, this guy. Mm, and yeah. I lean towards ba- Baylor. I don't know why. I think Patrick Baldwin Jr. has great measurables. Um, but I don't, I just feel like the way he impacts the game, he's, he, he put up almost 10 boards a game his sophomore season. He shoots 47% from three. He's a guy who's 
the narrative is going to be so good in the NCAA tournament. Just having a guy like that makes yes. the teammates better. Shay uh, and Michael, this guy yeah. grows a mullet and a mustache. Yeah. He's a freaking God, man. He's a God. Yeah. Oh, he is a God. He, he what is. did I, what did I call him? I called him a pigmentally challenged brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, I was called white chocolate for many years. Yeah. Yeah. That, this guy oh, is Jason Williams. Make boatloads oh, man, I of love cash. Jason Williams, man. Boatloads of cash at Kentucky. Boatloads. You imagine like, his life. Can you imagine his life at Kentucky. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like I want to live that right life. Yeah, yeah. I, me and you both, brother. So I, I've heard. I, I there's a lot. There was a lot of Kansas chatter the last few days, and I yeah. don't know where it ca- exactly where it came from because the most recent news is Kansas has a lot to figure out in terms of their scholarship situation. Um, they're targeting Tyrese Hunter, a point guard. They really want a point guard upgrade over Dewan Harris, even though they won the championship. And, and then Isaiah Mosley, who's like a very talented wing. I forget what school he's from, the Missouri State or something like that. Um, that guy's going to Kansas if they want him. Take him. If they want, yeah. If they yeah, want just, him, we want to root for him to go to Kansas yes. because that they only have limited scholarships. I think they only have space for two additions. That would kind of push Baylor to Kentucky. And, and all I've heard so far is that it's a, a UK-KU battle. And they'll get two out of three because they need a point guard. They need a wing. And uh, Mosley, he plays for Mocan. Uh, that's the program that gave us Sky and Bryce Hopkins. They're not sending any Ken- players Kentucky's way for a while. No. Um, we don't and, want to. Uh, yeah, and he grew up with Christian Braun and Dewan Harris. So he's like best friends with them from when he was a kid. They can have him. Give us Baylor. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's just, just losing a ton of talent, though. I know. Like the, They're going to suck I, next year. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're going to suck. Oh, they but are. I, I, I don't think that a, a Final Four is in uh, their their future. W- with the amount of talent that Kansas is losing, I feel like if somebody's coming in and one of their priorities is getting to a Final Four or winning a championship, and your only choices are Kansas or Kentucky, you got to pick the Cats, don't you? I, I just, mean, he would- just on. The Kentucky girls alone. That's because, true. Come on. Oh my God. I mean, yes. come on. I, I, I've been to Kansas. I have heard that he was, uh, he grew up a Kansas fan. He's from like Nebraska. Oh. Oh. But I have also heard that the NIL opportunities unsurprisingly dwarf Kansas at Kentucky. So that doesn't surprise me because I mean, how marketable are Kentucky players? How much did Oscar Sheewan make? Oscar Sheewan was going to make upwards of like $5 million. Well, we're, we're getting Porsches. They're getting Toyotas. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah. Like, do you have a problem with the Toyota, Terry? I don't. The Camry is a great I have car. A the RAV4 is, is great. My wife my drives car. a Nissan. I'm just going to back out of this conversation right now. Would you rather drive a 911? I mean, yeah. well, you know. That's, you know that's, 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 yeah. Do you have a Porsche, Michael? You look like a Porsche guy. So... So I, 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 I'm, I'm going to tell you a really quick, funny story. So um, I went out um, middle of the summer last year. I remember this time, actually. Yeah, my you friend. do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I um, I w- went to um, actually watch $6 million band who played at my wedding. They were absolutely amazing. Uh, w- they watched were good. the band. Yeah, they, they were good. Uh, watched the band at another local place. And went out with a friend who's one of my clients, and he actually had a Porsche. And he wasn't real happy with the Porsche and has since uh, moved on to bigger and better. And we're talking all the night about the Porsche, and I'm like, you know what? 
um, I love this. I love this car. It's it's amazing. He's like, yeah, you like drive it. You'll fall in love with it. I did, and I did, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so um, I like this car. He's like, make me an offer. So I did, and my wife happened to be out of town that weekend on a uh, girls trip. Terry's shaking his head because he knows where this is going. So I'm like, Travis, I want this car. You want to sell this car to me because you want something else. Here's what I'll give. He's like, yep, I'm good. So for like six hours, I thought I had bought a brand new 911. And let me tell you, it was fucking hot. <laughs> I, text, I text my wife. At the time, we, we, we weren't married yet. So I text my wife. And I'm like, um, I, I just bought a Porsche. So she's like, no, you did not. <laughs> I'm like, no, come on. I, I got a great deal on this car. She's like, no, you did not. So long story short, I she- love Porsche, but I did not get that car. And, and you know what? Oscar deserves a Porsche before I do. Yeah. But, but we all deserve Porsches. So at some point it's going to happen. <laughs> But it hasn't happened for me yet. Yeah. Good, and good they, for you, it ain't Oscar never going to happen for me. I'm just going to tell you. I, I have, I have oh, the opposite no, problem. I, no. I, I, I used to keep buying clunkers that I would want to fix up uh, to turn really? into a four-by-four four four rigs. And my wife was like, you need to buy a newer car. Like, I'm not sitting in this piece of crap. And I'm like, but I love it. I like your <laughs> wife. I don't sit in shit oh. like that either. <laughs> I'm pretty conservative in my cars, though. I don't. Like, I, I, bought, I, I bought a truck for like 1800 bucks and fixed it up over the course of the year. Nice. And I was like, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting this. And so Shay, then I, Shay's, Shay's like the off-road desert a California yeah. dude. He's, in a, yeah. he's like out there, like screwing up everything. <laughs> That's me. I love Man, it. Let, 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 let me tell you, my, my Audi A5 kicks ass. Um, it, it's a really good car. I love it. But, like, if we can upgrade, that's what we do. Yeah. I know that, that and I'm, I'm going to link this to uh, a tweet that Dickie Vital sent out. Oh, boy. Oh, we got to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> oh, jeez. Bro, so I, I know that he specifically mentioned Oscar. And I'm not really sure where he was going with that, but I love I, everybody. I love Dick Vital. I absolutely love Dickie V. I grew up with him. I feel like when somebody says college basketball, one of the first things that comes to my mind is always Dickie V. I am mindful of his battle with cancer, kick cancer's ass, and Dickie V has so far. That's fantastic. But when you start talking NIL and you specifically call out individuals like Oscar, like, come on guys, come on, bro. You can't do that. Oscar. I know, I, I, I know that Dickie V wants the college basketball landscape to be completely fair and equal with, with every school, but you know what? That ain't it. That's not reality. That's not life. Kentucky basketball is better than Creighton, is better than uh, pick your school. So because of that, if our guys can get better NIL deals, they damn well should because they deserve that, whether it's with Porsche or with another company, whatever. Um, I think Dickie V was like way off base with this. I'm sure you guys have your own opinions. He, he should have never um... – mention oscar specifically like anybody else in college basketball oscar's like the best human being he's better than all of us you know i mean I, but i love dick vital i mean 
No one does more for like pediatric cancer and fundraising for cancer, but this was not good. He made a mistake. He needs to apologize. That was a bad yeah, take. I, this was a bad take. I, it was one of the worst takes I've ever seen ever. And it's not just to do with Oscar because that was the wrong player to choose. And the way he tweeted it, um, again, I have great respect for what it goes through to be cancer. As you guys know, I worked in I worked in cancer research for the majority of my career for pharmaceuticals, for cancer centers. Like I know how devastating it can be, but I I want to frame his tweet from his mindset. And if you remember, Dick Vitale grew up, uh, sorry, uh, uh, started his career as a mid-major coach. And the reason that he's saying this is because the big programs are stealing players from the small programs and he hates it because it, it causes it, it causes jobs to be lost for mid-major coaches but once the nil was introduced how is this different from any other free market situation the big companies who have better revenue who yep. have better have more popular products are going to be able to pay their players better and the market decides who moves up in the world and who doesn't that's just yeah. how it goes thank you I, i've Amen. worked for many small companies we competed against bigger companies we got the shit kicked out of us lots of times. Welcome and, to the and real world. And once in a while, a mid-major school is going to generate enough revenue and become a puppet. Gonzaga was a mid-major school, and now they're a premier program. It happens. It's called it the free does. market. Yeah. And, and to deny players and to, to be like they they shouldn't be paid what they're worth, they should. They absolutely should. Especially Oscar Shibway, of all people. And, what and his of course struggles I, are and his I, getting his mom back to you know to help her. I mean, come on. You and, and I'm saying this tweet. because I'm saying this because in the NIL, maybe we're not gonna eat Kentucky won't eat first in recruiting. Maybe Kentucky won't eat it first another in the NIL, Kentucky will absolutely eat first because there is no place I have ever been to. There's no program, there's no sport, there's no other place where people are more passionate about their players and their team than in Lexington and yep. Kentucky fans. It just doesn't happen. So Kentucky is going to eat first in the NIL. Oscar Sheba is going to be the player that makes the most NIL money ever. That $2 million figure is not inflated. It is under, it's not, in, not inflated. No, it's not even accurate. Yeah. I think it's He's going to make double. five to 10 million. Yeah. So that was he a bad deserves, tweet, but he deserves every penny of that. That was an absolutely poor tweet. He, he didn't need to, to call a specific player. And he, it was kind of a situation and part of my language, but it was like, somebody needs to take grandpa back to bed. Like he, somebody needs to take his phone away. I know it's he sad. Doubled down I mean, about I, it. It's I, very I'm sad. Hoping, I'm hoping Cal like reads out to go, Hey, 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 come on. This is not right. Illegalized cheating. What is legal? No, it's legalized cheating. No, it's a free market economy. It's These a free market economy. <laughs> you have every opportunity. Just, create the opportunity for your players i mean i think the collective i think the collective um the collective anger towards him was mm. fair i think most people were like this is absolutely ridiculous uh, oscar with chibwe withstanding it, it's just unfair to say that like okay yes the big fish eat first that's how it works everywhere it's not it's not new you know yeah just go go after dookie v you know <laughs> yeah don't, don't come after kentucky and if you call it legalized cheating, but what do you think that was going on before? Cheating. Just straight up cheating. Yeah. No, it was straight up cheating. And plus, yeah. you're, you're making money off of the backs of these kids for ages. If, if you yeah. realize that he was just saying it because he's a mid-major coach, his whole career was in mid-major basketball. I, I think he's he, just old. Like, you know. And there's more than one reason for mid-major players to move to the, the high-major level. 
It's for exposure, like a Baylor Shireman. He said, I want exposure so people know that I can compete in a higher with higher competition so I can get yeah. an NBA spot. Sorry, sure. if, I, if I'm at South Dakota State University, which I don't know which city that's even in, yeah, and I get a chance to play at Kentucky yeah. and play under Coach Cal in Rupp Arena and on TV every single game, you bet your ass I'm playing there. Yeah, I mean, let, just like be honest. There was never an even playing field before the NIL. No. So no. why should there be with the NIL? Thank you. The, the Blue Bloods eat first. They've always eaten first. We get the first choices. You guys get, you know, whatever's left. I, like my, my whole career, I started at a small, I, I started at a small site, an uh, academic institution. Then I moved to a small pharmaceutical company. Then I yep. moved to a medium-sized pharmaceutical company. Yep. And now I work for one of the top three big global pharmaceutical companies in the world. Like, that's just how it works. Like, that's free market Shay's economy. Shay's three times a day, man. Yeah. Five star. Shay, sh- should you tell people where you work? Like, get, No, you better not. I can't, I can't say that. Don't do that, Shay. <laughs> I can tell you where I work at. I work at blah, 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 pharmaceuticals. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, don't ever do that. <laughs> I think we've actually beaten this down. Anything else you guys want to cover? Oh, well, I mean, I think this. Oh, oh Shay's a- like, Shay's like, hold on, I got. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been talking about this. Might, this might be a two-part episode that we might oh. have to release. No, no, parts. no. We we're, just- we're going long because you know what? Three weeks has been a long time. Uh, well, yeah. we got to talk about Dwayne Washington. Oh my God, this is this is this guy is. And oh, we got to talk about Timmy time. That too. Oh, oh let's just keep going. Timmy. I've only I've only Friday. got this this much left though. I, I only got this much left. How about that? This and my much. wife and my <laughs> wife's coming. My wife's coming. I'm, I I got to track her. <laughs> well, um, so Dwayne Washington, uh, I have kind of led on Twitter. If you guys have been looking at it with the Dwayne Washington jokes, uh, my boy Danny Davis, he's the one that started it, but I kept it going, and that kind of showed was like the best of BBN Twitter. That we yeah. could all just wish like really poor things on on Dwayne Washington. That like I think the I think the fir- the first one was like I think what I said was I hope Dwayne Washington runs into an acquaintance every time he's at the grocery store has to make small talk. <laughs> oh, God, that's that's a fate worse than death. Or I think uh, the other one was like I, I hope that every time Dwayne Washington uh, orders bourbon at a bar, they give him Tennessee whiskey instead. Oh, that's not <laughs> even co- that's terrible. Yeah. So Dwayne Washington, uh, if you guys don't know, is a the coach of You Play Canada AAU team. He's very locked into Canada basketball. Um, I, I don't think he's from Canada, but he's also been a big friend to the Kentucky program, specifically Cal. He sent Cal every single pretty much great Canadian player outside of R.J. Barrett, who was kind of led more by his dad, Rowan Barrett. And there's some other factors in there why, why Kentucky didn't land him. Um, but shy Jamal Murray, all of these guys funneled to Kentucky. And the, and the reason is Dwayne Washington. Now, all of a sudden Dwayne Washington is pushing Shaden to go pro over coming back to Kentucky. And the reason why he wants to be an agent, he's done being part at grassroots basketball. Shaden is his meal ticket to being an agent. So who, who I, I want to be an agent. Yeah. Who does it benefit? It better, so he basically, you know, destroyed his relationship with Cal, lied to Cal to become an agent, but in the process mm. made Shaden Sharp look really bad. You know what? Bad move, Dwayne. Yeah. And did he actually pass his certification to be he an agent? He did not. He did not, but 
I don't know why. It's very hard to become an NBA agent. If you guys don't know, it's very, very hard. That. Yeah, it's not easy at all. You need to be part of an organization or you need to be attached to a really good player. Uh, mm. Kind of like what, um, I forgot who LeBron's agent was, but LeBron, LeBron's agent did that, uh, his first agent. So it's difficult. We see why he wanted to do it, but was it? But the way he went about it wasn't right. Wasn't going to help anybody involved. I want Shaden back more than anyone, but I also want Shaden to do what's best for him. But Dwayne Washington did not do what's, what's best for Shaden because it made him look bad in front of NBA organizations. It caused a lot of confusion around his draft status, which is not clear yet. Um, it was a very short game that he played for a long-term bad outcome. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind. And, and the Players Association, there's a lot of guys with a little bit of an uproar regarding Dwayne Washington because if you're bringing in Shaden kind of last minute, you're impacting their their players, yeah, their, their opportunities and where they could actually – be drafted so there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes i mean it goes into i'd love to hear michael's thought on this but first like it goes into a lot of how much these teams invest in these players like the you see it in the nfl draft you don't hear about it as much in the nba side of things but they interview these guys they ask him very difficult questions they want to know their background michael can understand this it's an investment it is an investment into a piece a player is you don't just get their on-court production. You get their ethic, work ethic. You get their hangers on. You get their what's going to affect them. And the way, if Dwayne Washington is a negative influence, it's going to hurt Shaden's draft stock. And Shaden's draft stock is going to equally determine how much money he's going to make and how much money his agent is going to make. So, Michael, as, as someone that is in the financial industry, like, what do you think about this? So uh, the NBA is no joke. Like, these are professionals. They make professional decisions, and there's an entire subset of information to work with. But, um, yeah, so um, my, my opinion about this is all these NBA teams need to be able to have conversations with these kids, and they need to be able to really have an open discussion with them about what it means to be a professional. And I think this is something that, um, and I, I've been big on financial literacy for a long time. Um, I, I know this may be a, a slightly askew, but um, schools need to be able to prepare their student athletes for the next level. And yeah. It, it, whether that's getting a degree and going out and being a salesperson or a teacher or whatever, that's kind of a given. But when you're in the professional ranks and you're a football player, a baseball player, a basketball player, um, you do get some amount of training. It's my understanding that the University of Kentucky does a fair amount of this and probably a sufficient amount of this because Cal knows what he's doing. But the idea is when you get to the next level, you have to be able to make intelligent financial decisions for yourself. Don't just leave it up to your agent. Please don't leave it up to your agent. Be able to be in a position where you can tell your agent what you want, why you want that. 
And I think that's, that's huge. That's, that's almost paramount. Being able to be, um, and, and let's be honest, these guys are going to make millions of dollars. They're going to make their money quickly. They need to be able to be in a position to manage their money effectively. And that doesn't always happen. And these kids, and they are kids. Oh, my God. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. They've never been in this position. They don't know how to make these decisions. They're relying on people that sometimes could be perceived as parasites. Yeah. And that's, that's shameful, but it is what it is. But these kids need to be able to make these decisions for themselves. And I think the NBA, maybe even more so than the NFL and, and MLB, does a great job of being able to provide them the education associated with helping them to make these decisions. That's what I want. That's what I want for all Kentucky players and for really for anybody else. Because how sad is it? And, and, and guys, really tell me, how sad is it when we see stories about certain players that have bled through tens of millions of dollars? What, Antoine Walker. My guy, my oh guy, my God, Antoine man. Walker, went through $100 million because he had so many people hanging on to him, so many people leeching from him, and he didn't have the financial acumen to be able to make these types of decisions. It's everywhere, and it's absolutely shameful. These guys are making so much money for themselves, for their families, and a lot of times they're coming from backgrounds that literally make me cry. Yeah. They deserve better. Yeah. We should do better for them. That's why yeah. it's really important who you choose as your agent, because on the flip and side your coach. of Vance, And your yeah. coach, too. Yes. And Cal Perry, actually, that's one of the reasons that we don't get a lot of players, because these grassroots basketball gurus or, you know, Dwayne Washington types – know that Calipari is going to direct them towards agents who are going to money manage them to a point where they yep. see the long-term goal. They see what is the max potential I can get you, not what is my immediate, immediate commission. And I, I always, I, I was this Dwayne Washington stuff was news to me because I thought Bill Duffy was going to be Shaden Sharp's agent. And if you know Bill Duffy, he's a legend, BDA sports management, uh, Ray John Rondo, Tayshaun Prince amongst hundreds of other clients, um, and you know, on the flip side of a guy like Anton Walker is a guy like Jamal Mashburn who manages money really Ooh. well. Oh yeah. Flamed yeah. out in the NBA. I mean, he played well. He had a couple good seasons. He's way wealthier than any he could ever imagine owns. I don't know how many businesses across the state of Kentucky. It's in the hundreds Wow. has a financial empire because he manages money correctly and no knock to Antoine one Antoine Walker. It's hard to tell a kid who, you know, is going through the going, going, coming up that, that uncle and aunt that gave you a pair of shoes. Oh, should I take care of them? Well, yes, I'm going to take care of them. It's not his fault, but you know, you got to have that long-term strategy in mind. That's something that Dwayne Washington didn't have. Um, that's something that, that Shaden Sharp needs to take ownership over. It needs to be realized that, Hey, I am a asset and asset appreciates over time. And I need to make sure that my, my, uh, my future value reaches the goal. I'm talking Michael's language now. That future value achieves what I want. And by decisions that I make right now, gonna gonna impact that. 
Yeah, let, let, let me tell you, Dwayne Washington, I mean, if we're going to speak my language as uh, I'm a registered investment advisor, so Dwayne Washington is the, the wirehouse uh, of guys. He's a guy that only care, uh, I shouldn't say only, he's a guy that cares maybe more about what kind of commission he's going to make today as opposed to the registered investment advisor who's going to work with you forever and couldn't care less about what he makes today, he or she, because they're going to keep making that over time because they're transparent, they're good at what they do, and they're going to take you through a process. I feel like it's more transactional with Washington and not a part of a process that leads to something better. And that's what's hurtful for me as a fan. Yeah, who's going to win in the end? Is it going to be Shaden's parents working with Cal? Or is Dwayne Washington going to win overall? That's I think it's a question. more complicated situation than just that. It's a very dynamic situation. I don't think Shaden is to blame at all. I actually don't even I think don't Cal, is to, Cal is to blame at all. The thing is that the difference between an 8-13 to 13 pick in the draft over four years and the difference between a 2-5 to five pick or 2-7 to seven pick can be up to $15 million. A significant amount of money. Considering that you can make quite a bit of money if you're Shaden Sharp in the NIL, you can probably make $2 million, $4 million, maybe not as much as an Oscar Sheepway, but you can make quite a bit of money. It may be worth, in the long term, waiting a year, getting that $4 million. It's not like he's not getting any money at all. And then cashing in on that two to four pick next year that he's going to get. He's still young. But, but Shay, who gives him that advice that that's in his best interest? It depends if he listens to Cal. If it depends if he listens, if the family, I, I, I genuinely I think the family. family is the key, Shay. Yeah. I think the family is the key in all this. They got all I'm hearing ties. is they that they got to cut ties with Dwayne. I, I want to believe that, but they're also not going to cut ties with the guy that's kind of guided them through the whole process it's not going to happen overnight well nope. not just and, guided they, he's probably done a lot more than just guided yeah so by what it sounds like is cal is trying to preserve that relationship work together to tell him why it's beneficial in everybody's interest because there actually is a situation where it's beneficial in every everyone's interest now he's cal's not wrong as much as i like to hate on cal like if he if, if shaden gets that promise that promise that hey we're gonna take you from two to six or, or, you know, you got, you have, we're going to take yeah. you now. You got to go. It's, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. It's a it's no brainer. Yeah. That's why it's not a decided decision. People saying that like, Hey, you know, he already knew he was going to go at the beginning of the season. Hey, you already knew he was going to go now. No, mm, no, no. It's more dynamic than that. And so he knew, he knows right now that, Hey, if workouts go good, people want to take me over X, Y, and Z guys that they have a bunch of tape on workouts always look good. At this level, they always look good. By the way, every NBA team knows that workouts look good. But are, are you, am I going to take you over a Paolo? Am I going to take you over a Jabari who dominated no. the SEC? Am no. I going to take no? Am I going to take you over? Ke- Here's the key: Am I going to take you over Jaden Ivey? Am I going to no. take you over Keegan Murray? Am I going to take you over Johnny Davis? Those are the guys. Adrian Griffin, the guys that actually played this season. Am I going to take it? Some NBA teams they might. Some NBA teams absolutely will not. We don't know yeah. yet. And actually, I don't actually think we even know if he's eligible. Are they going to buy oh. that diploma? <laughs> okay, the diploma thing. Like, yeah, that, that's another issue right there. Like, he had, <laughs> the first diploma was for December. Yes. All of and a sudden. October. Yeah, right? 
and then all of a sudden we get a, a May diploma. I, I don't know any facts, but it sounds to me, and a couple of sources have told me kind of like the family is very testy about that diploma situation. They don't want to talk about it. I wouldn't either. Yeah, which kind of makes it sound like Dwayne Washington may have, this is me postulating that he went behind their back, kind of got that figured out for him so eligibility wouldn't be an issue to remove one more barrier for him going to the draft. And so I genuinely believe that they're going to take a quick look at it. It's not going to be decided overnight. Now, the NBA has all the the, the want and it's I always play a game. Michael, I think you could probably relate to this. I play a game. To what end? Who benefits from this? Yeah. Hey, who benefits from this? Like, right. how does the NBA benefit from not allowing him entry? They don't. They don't. They don't benefit. They don't, don't. They don't benefit from it because their product is better. They get another really good player, and, uh, and they have everything to gain and nothing to lose. But who does not benefit from Chad and Sharp getting into the NBA? the NBA players association, the agents, because their clients are going to be pushed farther down the draft or their yeah. veteran clients are not going to have a position because of Shane Sharp. And there might be pushback there that it's might not, it just might not be worth it to, to pursue because the draft pick is his, his mock is might be in the eight to 13. It's not worth I, it. Then. I, I think that is the area right there yeah. where there's a lot of pushback, a lot of anger, a lot of animosity towards Shaden and Dwayne Washington is the Players Association and these and, agents fighting. And that's why that's why I say it's not done yet, but just don't expect him back. And if he does come back, it's a huge bonus. But yeah. remember, our season is not, believe it or not, I don't, I genuinely believe this. I'm not just saying it. Our season is not dependent on Shaden Sharp. Like it isn't. he's a great player, but he's also a very young player. He's very far from the NBA all-star he's going to be. He we may get a player who is not that NBA all-star, but may help us win. Look at the teams in the, in the championship game in the final four, there was like one impact freshman. That was like Paolo Bancaro, but guess who got to the championship game? A team full of veterans. Yep. Team got team full of guys that might not have high NBA draft hopes. So just keep that in mind. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Whether he comes or not, if he leaves and we get a Baylor Shireman, that's great. He may help us win more than Shaden does. If, you know, if we, we don't know. Yeah, if we get Reeves, we got Reeves, we get Shireman, those two guys, that makes up for it. Yeah. I thought, right. And Awesome. Can we talk about Timmy time before we leave? Oh, my gosh. Oh, talk about the, cre- the creation of Timmy time. And the fact that has he publicly come out and ever said that Gonzaga Nation, I am on board. I'm coming back. Has he said that? So, uh, so we still have two more days, but let me just tell you, I can't, I can't say a lot about this. And uh, I've kind of been on the inside of the situation. I've been one of the people that's been on the inside of the situation. I think I told camp? you. Did I not tell you guys about this like weeks yeah, before it happened? Shay's been hey, the insider. No, Shay's in a Spokane. He's going to Spokane yeah. every day. I told you that this might happen. A You're week right. Before it happened, You're right. right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yep. Um, so kind of, kind of blew my mind that one morning yeah. when it actually hit and then it went viral. Yep. That was the whole goal. Uh, it was always a long shot. It was always a long shot, but it was worth an effort. Oh, I love it. And uh, the um, interest between Kentucky and Timmy 
was not made up out of nowhere. Whatever the strength or, or, or seriousness of it, of it was, I wasn't there personally, obviously, but I do know that it was very strategic in its inception. Uh, that's exactly what it was. It was inception. It was the point of it was to show Timmy the power that Big Blue Nation has, specifically how much NIL money he can get about coming back to college and maybe transferring to a Kentucky, playing alongside an Oscar who we already developed a good relationship with. Um, it was, from what I hear, floated by some of the high members of the Kentucky staff. It wasn't, but it was also a situation where he's not in the transfer portal. You can't talk to him directly. So no. my understanding right. was the staff was not opposed to the idea that the BBN Twitter took it and ran with it to kind of show that, Hey, you know, we would love you here. If you're willing to transfer, you can come here and make Buku dollars, have a great time, play against your, near your buddy, Oscar Shibway, uh, win a national championship and then develop, go on to the NBA, use Cal's connections. Now I think the, all along Timmy's been kind of committed to the draft. So it was a, it was a long shot. Also Dude. the fit wasn't great. The fit was questionable. Actually, I don't know if for, yeah. for, for Cal yeah. that fits great. Running two bigs. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much Kentucky fans would have loved the fit. It would have really slowed down the offense. Probably wouldn't have been a great fit. But when you got a guy as talented as Drew Timmy, you're going to say no. You take him. You take him. Yeah. yeah you we, take played, him. Uh, we played Town. We played Towns and, and Willie Colley stand together. Not that these two guys are as talented, but like, come on. We did that. So we can I just want to. I just want to tell like Kentucky fans who are insiders who claim to be like no, knowing that it's just all fabricated out of crazy. Fa- no, it absolutely 100% was not. There was a large amount of basis behind it. It was strategic going up to some members of the staff who was like not opposed. They, they're obviously not going to come out and say like, Hey, I wanted this to happen or Hey, I told everybody this should happen. It was more like, Hey, maybe if you guys ran with it, it would not be so bad. We gave it a shot. Now there's still two more days. I doubt it happens. But, hey, if Timmy enters the transfer portal, look out. Are you saying by Sunday? I, I Was it the first, May 1st? That is, is that two or three days? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Look at but it's not, it, it's not – it wasn't crazy talk. Oh, that's – It wasn't all I know, all yeah, I know Sunday. Is the, the by first Sunday, sat- we'll know. Yeah, all I know is the first Saturday in May. That seems to have some yeah. significance. And I told you guys. I told you. You were my – bear my witnesses. I told you a week before – that I know, and I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, this blew up. Yeah, it did. But then he's it like, did. oh, roll out of bed at like one. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> the fuck ever, Timmy. Oh, that's great. He he had an idea. He had a fucking he, idea. Yeah. He did. What's he, what's he, he gonna come to. out? Say, what's he gonna come out and say? Like, hey, oh, that guy uh, gone. I don't. I would have yeah, never. He pretended to, to not Kentucky. know what this was about. <laughs> He 100% know, knew what it was about. And Oscar's tweets was like, you look good in blue, brother. You see that? Oh, my yeah. God. I know. That yep. was so fun. Uh, if anything, uh, this has been fun. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- this has been. This has been fantastic. Who does look good in blue, by the way? Everybody looks beautiful in Kentucky blue. Yeah. Especially when it's not checkerboard. Oh, oh, even, I'm so oh, ready. Come on, Shay. Come on, man. No, it's, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. No, they're no, gone. Ugly. no. no. So we, lo- that, that's so we lost Jai Duke, Lucas. That's why we lost Jai Lucas. Jai, but... because you're like, holy shit, the checkerboard's gone. We got to get Jai. 
I'm cool with the checkerboard. Mm-hmm. I'm on record. I'm cool with the checkerboard. Feel free to add me all you want. I'm fine with that. I'm not. Ha- hashtag checkerboard sucks balls. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> I hate checkerboard. Nope. All right. Anything else, guys? No, nah, that's it for me. All right. Uh, you yeah. talk about a great show. <sighs> Three weeks, Michael. You want to say something else in here in the end? Man, let me tell you, it's been fantastic. It has been three weeks. Uh, we did do a little uh, vacation. It's been fantastic. We've had good news. We've had bad news. But my bottom line, I think this Kentucky team, the 2022-2023 Kentucky team, has in its power the ability to reach the Final Four. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the yeah, and the final four is in Houston, Texas. My mother-in-law is in Houston, Texas. My father-in-law is in Houston, Texas. If we get to go to Houston, fellas, I got a place for us. Let's go. You know what? I was in there in 2011. I loved Houston. That was a fun experience. Fuck UConn. They messed up everything. I want to go back there. We'll I want to be there. back in Houston. Got to be back in Houston. Houston in April is wonderful. Imagine yes. a, a Case and Wallace, Texas guard, leading us back to the Final Four in Houston. Oh my yeah. lord! What a yes. storyline! Yes. And then, and then we get we get send a nice, uh, nice picture of the championship ring to Jai Lucas and be like, "Look what you missed." Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And give this to Shire while you're sitting yeah. there, <laughs> right there. Nobody can right see there. that. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Great show. It's good to be back. I love this podcast. And always, we had a good time with Bourbon. First of all, thanks for everybody who listened to our podcast. It's actually been pretty tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I'm super happy with everything. So if you want to find me on Twitter, I go by Arizona Terry at, at Arizona TYJO. Shay and Michael, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at a Bobsar. That's A B H A V S A R. I go by Akshay or Shay. Sorry about my tweets earlier about Jai Lucas. I've calmed down now. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to more episodes. Sorry about the long hiatus, but uh, we we we're waiting on our bourbon shipment. We got it in, and now uh, we're good to go for the for the future. Good stuff, uh, guys. If you want to reach me on Twitter. At MG Simmons 5280. That's at M G S I M M O N S 5280. I look, we are living our best lives. We are awaiting the next Kentucky Final Four. And as we do that, we're going to drink bourbon. It's all good. We're going to drink bourbon. We're going to drink bourbon in Houston. And until next episode, keep sipping that bourbon and go cats. I'm not going to